This is an All Ears English podcast episode 1829. Optimize your LinkedIn profile for global business success with Daniel Alphon. Welcome to the All Ears English podcast downloaded more than 200 million times. We believe in connection, not perfection with your American host, Lindsay McMahon and today's featured guest coming to you from Denver, Colorado, USA. To get real-time transcripts right on your phone and create your personalized vocabulary list, try the All Ears English app for iOS and Android. Start your seven-day free trial at allearsenglish.com forward slash app. Are you looking to get ahead in international business? It all starts with your LinkedIn profile. Today, we have executive coach Daniel Alphon on the show to give you three actions that you can take right now to create a winning profile in English. Welcome to All Ears English, Daniel. I'm excited to have you on the show today. Thank you very much, Lindsay. It's, it's great to be here. Good. This is great to have you guys. Today, I have a very exciting guest for you. I have a LinkedIn author, expert, and consultant, Daniel Alphon. He has helped thousands of professionals and high-level executives to improve their LinkedIn profile so that they have had more career and networking success. So Daniel, I think our listeners are going to be really excited that we have a LinkedIn expert today because LinkedIn is kind of like the universal resume, isn't it? Yes, ma'am. It is the universal resume. And for anyone who wants to succeed in in the States and in English-speaking countries, it's one of the best ways to do it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is going to be fantastic because a lot of our listeners, you know, you guys are global professionals and you're always looking to improve your career. LinkedIn is a key way to do it. So why is LinkedIn so much more important today in 2022 than it was in 2010, for example, Daniel? Sure. So what I would do, what I would say is this, uh, LinkedIn is uh, over 800 million users. And since we started this conversation, hundreds of new LinkedIn members signed up. Wow. Every okay. second, Lindsay, two people sign up. Every second, two people sign up. So in other words, everyone is just there and you have to be there, right? Yes. Anyone important is in business is there. Yes. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm on there. And that leads me into my next question. I thought it would be really fun uh, if you could take a look at my LinkedIn profile, Daniel, and for our listeners, point out something, some mistake that I'm making. This is a little, you know, putting me on the spot just a little bit here. And I think this would be fun. What do you what do you see in my profile? Sure. So I'll, I'll start by um, praising very good elements you've added to your profile. But if you maybe I'll try to add some some critique in ways you can imp- even improve your profile. Okay. So the first element I would point out is that you feature Lindsay on your profile a number of very good links. Yes. And that means that if our audience here can think of links, images, websites, interviews, projects, videos that they would like anyone in business to discover, then adding them to their featured section is something they can do within 30 seconds. Yeah. And the greatest benefits is that when I see those elements, I'm likely to spend more time on your profile 
Mm-hmm. And maybe decide I want to reach out to you. I love it. I love it. So yeah. So guys, we're talking about the featured section of your profile. I've put in some of the places where I've been featured, right? So podcast magazine, we've written an article for language magazine. We were in Forbes. So if you have those appearances, absolutely 100% put that in your featured section, right, Daniel? Yes, ma'am. Exactly. Good. Okay. What else? Do you see any mistakes that I'm making? Because in a little bit, in a few minutes, we're going to get to some recommendations for our audience, guys, on how you can make your profile succeed for for business in the English speaking world, right? But do you see anything I'm doing wrong that I should fix right away that maybe our listeners are doing wrong too? Uh, wrong is, is a bit harsh, but you can always, <laughs> you can check your contact info and make sure that it's aligned with what you'd like, because it, it, in some cases you've uh, simply added that information, you know, years ago. Mm-hmm. And in some cases it's, it's simply not aligned with the image you'd like to convey professionally in 2022 and beyond. So have a look at that. That should take you less than a minute. Yes. And if a link is dead or less than stellar, then simply remove it and update it with a new one. You know, it's funny. I think sometimes when we get into higher levels of business, we can we can spend too much time in the high level stuff and forget the basics. And I bet <laughs> I bet our listeners know what they mean. For example, what we mean. For example, if you in your contact information, you might have your old work email address, right? Maybe you made the mistake of adding your work email. Do you recommend that, Daniel? Actually, that's a good question. Do you recommend in the contact info section of our LinkedIn profile? Should we have our current work email or should it be a personal email. Okay, so the first thing to remember, Lindsay, is that only your connection, by default, all your connections see your email on your contact info. Okay. So it's so it's not that important unless you have a very large network. And then it, it's up to you. If you want, if you're 100% the professional face of your company, then my suggestion would be to use the All Ears English uh, um, email because that would be aligned with your, uh, the, your professional image, if you'd like. Okay. But for our listeners, you know, if you guys are changing jobs and if you happen to have your other email, which you no longer have, if you've moved to a new company, be careful of that, right? So go in, make sure things are updated and up to date, right? So perfect. So Daniel, I would love to get some recommendations because I know you've worked with a lot of professionals to really up their game, to improve their profile, to make sure we stand out in English because we're writing this profile most of the time in English, if we're trying to do business globally, is that right? Absolutely. And okay. if you're happy with, if you're uh, based outside of the US and your uh, market is only your local market, then you can live with that. But if you're right. interested in being successful globally in the US, North America, the UK, Australia, then you have the, you need to have a profile in English. Okay. So let's get started. So what would be your first tip then for our listeners on how they could make their profile really stand out in English? What can they do today to make a change? Cool. So I would ask them to answer the following question. If you could pick one sort of reader for your LinkedIn profile and say, who would that person be? What sort of person or what sort of avatar are you interested in? Who's your ideal reader on LinkedIn? Mm, Okay. Okay. So if our listeners are working for a company, it might be, and and they're looking to change their job or just get to know people in their industry. It might be other company managers. Is that right? Something along those lines? 
Absolutely. If you're an employee, then the hiring manager you'd like to report to next is your mm-hmm. ideal reader. Uh-huh. Okay. So the first step then is to identify that reader exactly who it is and what goes into actually identifying this person. Is it kind of like creating a customer persona? It could, but to very quickly, if I'm a chief marketing officer and, and I want to start working for an American company, then I would try to have to understand what sort of CEO am I likely to report? Is this in the Colorado metro area? Is it in San Francisco? Is it okay. in Boise, Idaho? What sort of industry? What sort of vertical? What's What size is the company, the person heads? And then... The second thing to do is to look at your profile and ask yourself, what action would you like that ideal reader to perform after they visit your profile? Mm, I love it. So in a way, this kind of reminds me of vision boarding because we talk on the show a little bit about vision boarding, about you know creating in our minds the life we want. And in this case, it's the job we want or the manager we want. We're thinking about what's the industry or do we want to work in Silicon Valley? right? In California, in that case, what size company do we want to work for Facebook or do we want to work for an up and coming startup, like a series A round startup? So we are going into that level of detail, Daniel, when we do this. Yeah. Cause that's, cause that would help you um, come up for example, with a list of keywords that mm-hmm. the hiring manager or human resources manager is likely to put when they're looking for someone with your skill set. Oh, I love it. Okay. So we want to come up with who we want to be attracted to this profile. Think about the action we want them to take when we see, and what would be an example of an action that they might take? Do we mean reach out to us or or what? Yes. Reaching out to us is usually the best answer. There are many ways for you to, if you're an employee, then simply realizing that it's complicated for other users to message you on LinkedIn. They, They need actually to pay and most people will not do that. So one way to enable anyone to uh, reach out to you would be to uh, go to your privacy settings and make sure that your email is visible to non-connections. Okay, I'm going to do that right now. Good. (laughs) Right after we get off the call. Good one. Um, Non-connections. That's great. And so we're looking for that potential future manager to go ahead and send us a message. Is that right? Yes, because conversion is likely to happen to happen outside of LinkedIn. So we focused okay. on, on on employees, and and the uh, ideal reader is the next hiring manager. If mm-hmm. uh, you are a freelancer or if you are a business owner, then the ideal reader would be your next client. But okay. The same the same logic applies. Sure. Buenos dias, world from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Went, and I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And let me ask you, where would there be a place for envisioning that ideal reader as a recruiter at what point, like if I, if I live in Europe and I know Mm -hmm. I want to work in California for a tech startup, you know, by 2024, that's my goal. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, what percentage, at at what point should I be looking for that recruiter to reach out rather than the the manager? You know, is there a timeframe as I get closer to my date or, or how do you look at recruiters? 
Um, I think that I would try to focus on the hiring manager and not on the gatekeeper or the middleman. No offense, mm-hmm. because the best thing that recruiters can do for you is simply pass on your CV or your application to the hiring manager. Okay. And in most, in most cases, they won't. Ah, okay. Okay. So we want to kind of bypass the recruiter and it's better to be able to be, of course, it's better to be in direct contact with the high, the internal hiring manager, right? The person who works for that company itself. Absolutely. The internal hiring manager in Silicon Valley. And one of the simplest uh, hacks we can uh, perform is visiting publicly the hiring manager's profile on LinkedIn. And if they're heavy users, they will look back at your own profile. And from there, you can start a conversation and land an interview. Now, at that point, would you recommend that we work inside the mutual? I guess we're not connected at that point. So we can't really work inside mutual connections because I spend a lot of time sometimes, you know, understanding who my connections connections are. And sometimes I'll ask for an intro, right? If I know someone is connected to someone else, I'll actually explicitly say, could you introduce me? But in this case, we can't do that, right? In some cases, when you look that you're hiring, let's go get back to the example you've given. There, there could be two potential hiring managers in uh, in Sand Hill Roads in in, uh, in Silicon Valley, and one of them is someone you would share a mutual connection with, and someone mm-hmm. would be farther away from your network. So the option only uh, takes place for the first manager. Okay. If you have a mutual connection, then what you suggested is the best way to be introduced to the next hiring manager. Because if the person you ask does feel comfortable making the introduction, then Lindsay, you will get a meaningful conversation. You're likely to have a meaningful conversation with the hiring manager. Mm -hmm. And that's something that if you only apply in 99% of the cases, that won't happen. Yes, right. So that would really let you stand out. So relationships definitely matter, right? Even though we're talking about, you know, their structure of your profile, the relationships matter. So lean on those. Is that what I'm hearing here? Yes. If you connect with people you know well, then you're able to leverage your network and to gain a meaningful introduction to the, to the hiring manager or the client you'd like to work for. And that's the best way to, uh, to grow in, in the U.S. and elsewhere. Okay. I love it. So let me just recap what we've said. And then I want to ask you a little bit about keywords to finish up here to make sure we, we cover that point. So number one, we want to envision, we kind of vision board or envision who our ideal reader or the person we want to see our profile is. What company do they work for? How big is it? Where is it? We're getting very specific here, guys. And then we're talking about what kind of action do we want that reader to take? And then you mentioned something about keywords. Can we talk about this real quick? Sure. So if, you, if you're a job seeker, then what I would recommend is visiting the job section on LinkedIn and find two or three ideal positions you, uh, you find. Okay. So you, you would look for startups or companies in Southern California and you would extract 20 to 25 keywords from each job, detailed job description. And okay. that would mean you would have a bank of at least 50 keywords, that is step number one. Okay, okay, yep, that's step one, perfect. And now what do we do with these keywords? Cool, now you head back to your own profile mm-hmm. and you check which of those terms are present somewhere in your profile. And my guess is you would find many terms, but probably not all of them. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so you shorten the list and now out of the short list, maybe you had five or 10 terms that are not there, 
you, you prioritize them and you say, okay, what's the top uh, term I must add to my profile today? Oh, I love it. I love it. So we're going to work in and we're going to try to work these keywords in. And of course, we have to write for the reader, right, Daniel, as well as the algorithm. Yes, we, you nailed it. And, and we need to focus on both. Because if I only focus on the link, LinkedIn algorithm, I'm missing out. When someone visits your profile and, and if they think they feel it's not genuine, mm-hmm. then they're taking it back and they're moving elsewhere. So you need to, to write for the human reader and consider the algorithm. So say I wanted to include the term California and software and startup somewhere in my profile. Mm-hmm. So one thing you could do creatively is to compose a sentence that would sound natural and include all three terms. Like when working with a California startup, a pure software California startup, what I enjoyed most was A, B, and C. Right. You, you could yeah. almost imagine us sitting in, in, a, in a meetup and, and that's a sentence I would be able to say, mm-hmm. but it does include the important terms. You, what you said is very important. You have to write for the reader mm-hmm. as well as the algorithm. Mm, I love it. What strikes me about your advice here is that it's very, it's very practical. It's very technical, right? At the same time, it's very human. And that's what LinkedIn is. It's a search engine, right? It is a search engine with an algorithm, but it's also, it's humans there. There are actual people behind these profiles and we have to make sure that we keep that in mind. That is so good. Any final advice on working with keywords on our profile, Daniel? Um, if you have like two more minutes, what I would advise you to do is to run yourself a search with say seven or, term, or eight terms. So you would go to LinkedIn, you would enter a series of, of terms okay. and, and when, then you look someone up and what you're looking for, Lindsay, at this stage is terms you haven't thought of. Mm, okay. So you read that person's profile and sometimes you'll, you'll stare at a, a sentence and you say, wow, that's such important, so important. Why haven't I thought of this? So you thank the gentleman or the lady, you go head back to your profile <laughs> and you find a way to naturally weave that term somewhere on your profile. Yes. And do you recommend that once we've done this keyword you know, weaving in that we have a friend or a family member, just maybe read through to make sure we still sound human right there. Cause there is a danger when we're working with keywords uh, that we could start to sound like a computer, right? Absolutely. As- mm-hmm. Asking someone else to review your profile is a great way to, to spot some mistakes and, and even in some cases, because we've written that, we no longer see the mistakes. So we don't, yeah. we no longer see it's it's something that doesn't represent us very well. And mm-hmm. within five minutes, anyone who would look you up would say, you know what, when I see this, that strikes me as odd because it's not idiomatic and you would say it different. And you look and mm-hmm. you say, you're right. Thank you very much. Let me get back to drawing board and improve that. I love it. I love it. This is so good. So guys, I mean, be intentional with your profile. Now, if you're looking to work in the English speaking global business world, we need to take those extra steps to make sure we're thinking about that reader, right? What action do they take? And what are the keywords that, that we need to make sure we come up in the search? So good, Daniel. Can you let us know, we have to wrap up our interview for today, but can you let our listeners know where they can find you online and what you're working on? With pleasure. The best uh, place to go is danielalfon.com and that would show them all sorts of content. And I think the, the last piece of advice you've uh, suggested is the one I would like to leave our audience with. Mm-hmm. Review your own profile 
because having uh, mastering English is what can make or break your career. And it's worth certainly the time and often the money to invest in order for you to get to the maximum potential you have. Yes, I love it. You're right. We have to, we should overinvest in that time, right? To make sure the English is correct, guys. This is, you get one shot, right? At impressing people when they hit your LinkedIn profile. So let's make sure that it's correct, right? I love that idea. Well, Daniel, can you spell out your website again, just so that people know where exactly to go if they want to check out your, what you're doing? One more time. Thank you very much. Yeah. Sure. That would be Daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L, and then Alphon, A-L-F-O-N, DanielAlphon.com. Dot com. All right. Good. Guys, go and check out Jan- Daniel's website and have a look at what he does over with LinkedIn. Thanks so much for coming on the show today, Daniel. It's been a pleasure and such an important topic for our listeners. My pleasure, Lindsay. It's been a pleasure to be part of the All Years English. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thanks for listening to All Ears English. Would you like to know your English level? Take our two-minute quiz. Go to allearsenglish.com forward slash fluency score. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, then hit subscribe now to make sure you don't miss anything. See you next time. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember... I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.